What is up, my friends? It's another episode of the Incredible Hulk podcast. On this episode, we talk to my friend Amy Larson. We talk about how you go from a 5K to a triathlon, swimming in shark-infested waters, literally, and what happens when you make a dramatic change in your life? How does that change the people who are around you? And more importantly, how do you determine which people are going to stick with you when you make that change? All of that happens right now on the Incredible Halt podcast. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Halt podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Hulk. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. All right, so this is the uh, Incredible Hulk podcast. I believe it's episode technically five. Um, and I've been wanting to do this one for a while, but I wanted to wait because uh, my guest was about to do something that I, I thought was in a long list of amazing things, one of the things I wanted her to get through first before I brought her on. And so uh, Amy Larson is joining us today, and I've known Amy since she was been about 13, right? Yeah, yeah. 11, 13? Um, And you just finished the Mighty Max swim. Yes. And so for people who don't know what that is, can you tell them what that is? And I'm going to preface this by saying this isn't, to me, isn't yet the scariest thing that you've done. Because I think the one you did last year was scarier <laughs> than this. But what is the Muddy Max Swim? Um, basically, Jim Dreyer, who has swam across all, all of five Great Lakes, um, who's crazy, um, put together this swim where you swim across the Mackinac Straits instead of walking the bridge on Labor Day. Are you, now, do you swim in the same direction? You don't swim in the same direction, right? You we swim opposite them. go from St. Ignace to Mackinac City. So I don't know. To be honest, I have no idea which way. I've never even been I on think, the bridge. I think that... <laughs> <laughs> I believe... Because I have a friend who walked that day. I believe they go from Mac City to St. Ignace, okay. and then you take a trolley. I or... just know there's a huge traffic jam. Yeah. Because I saw a lot of buses. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> And that like catches us up to to today. But what I kind of want to do is go back a little bit. And so um, I first want to go back to your childhood. So you're born and raised here in Grand Rapids. Yep. Yep. Uh, and parents did what? Both my parents teachers. Um, yeah, grew up. Parents are teachers. Um, older brother or older sister, younger brother. Both extremely athletic. Me, I really didn't do a whole lot. I, I swam. Yeah, so, and that's, that's kind of, that's exactly what I wanted you to do. It's kind of like give us a baseline of where you are. So, four years ago, what, what, ha- what changes? Like, you, you swam, right? You swam, swam as a kid. You swam through yeah. high school. Yep. But, like, it wasn't, I mean, it was not like I'm going to be an Olympic swimmer. I'm going to be. No. I was just on the team to be on a sports team. Right. And so, but four years ago, you made, like, why I wanted to talk to you is because I, I think it's, it's really fantastic that you've been able to kind of build this amazing life while being serious about this thing that we're going to talk about 
and not being a psychopath about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, but, right. but it appears all of that stuff happens four years ago. You like wake up. I mean, I know it's not like this, but what, what happens four years ago? You wake up and go, I'm going to do all these crazy things. I went and I got a biometric screening done and I was pre-diabetic and my grandma's diabetic and it runs in the family. And basically they were like, Oh, you need to work out a little, lose some weight. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do something. And um, part of it also was I was going on a cruise with a boy band. Is this the Backstreet Boys cruise? Got it. Okay. And um, my friend was like, let's start going to the gym and get in shape for this thing. Like, we're going on this. We're going to be hanging out with our favorite boy bands that we've looked up to our whole entire life. So we're like, let's go to the gym. So we started going to the gym. And while we were there, I was like, I want to do a 5K. I've never done one. Um, I had worked a couple of them, gone out and been in one of the vendor booths and seen my friends. And I always thought, holy crap, a 5K is so (laughs) far. Like, these people are phenomenal. This is amazing. I was like, I want to do that someday. But not a runner at all. Never, ever in my life. Like, I used to get yelled at in gym class because I would not even run the mile. It It was bad. My parents always were like, yeah, we know you didn't run you're gonna get in trouble like that was just me but so yeah one day I was I told my sister I'm like I want to train for this 5k she was like okay let's do it and she signed up and I started doing the couch to 5k program and I quit halfway through and was like I can't do this I hate running my sister goes I paid for you to do this 5k (laughs) I'm not wasting my money you're doing this 5k with me so I think it was 2000 11 or 2012 um i did the irish jig here in grand rapids with my sister and it took me i think it was about 45 minutes to 45 or 50 minutes to get through my first 5k but she like dragged me across the finish line so after that moment are you bit by the bug or you like forget it i'm not doing this i did the thing sis but i'm 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 back to the couch part of the couch to 5k. I got done and I told my sister, I was like, let's sign up and do this half marathon at Disney world. And my dad goes, no, (laughs) he goes, I believe you can do that someday, but why don't you do a few more 5k's? And I was like, no, I'm going to sign up. We're going to do this. So from that point on, I just kept signing up for more races, knowing that as long as I followed the training, I felt like I could do them. So and like, I get that part, um, but what I what I don't get, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful at all. Like, but what I don't I don't quite understand is like going from I'm going to do a 5K to I'm going to do a half marathon to June of 2015. So, take me to June of 2015, where you're about to do what? Uh, swim from Alcatraz to. The shore, and then do a 18 mile bike ride through San Francisco, like the hilliest place sure. in the United States. Right. And then run on trails, the beach, the road, and up sand stairs. So, and yeah. so, how do we go from half marathons to starting to do triathlons? And then you more recently have, and we'll talk about this, you more recently are now into the Ironman version of the triathlon. So, like, how did you, the swimming seems natural and, mm-hmm. and you sw- doing the Mighty Mac, given what you did in, as a kid in, in high school. Okay. But two things. One, you're not just finishing these things. You're 
eighth, you're second, you're third, like you're placing in these things. So you go to Disney World and you do the half marathon and then what's the next step? Um, I, ca- I came back and I was like, yeah, running's, running's okay. I kept signing up for more 5Ks just to keep myself motivated. And my friend who did the Disney race with my sister and I, Ashley, said, Amy, I really think you should do a triathlon. Like, your running's not the greatest thing ever, but you can swim really good. And you know how to ride a bike. So I... <laughs> That might be the simplest explanation of how to get into a triad. Like, Honestly, Can yeah. you pedal? How oh, about swimming? Okay. Oh. I went to this race and had my mom's, like, Schwinn <laughs> that had, like, two speeds on it from 1970. And so how many how many miles was the bike part of that on um, the, the 1970 Schwinn? It was a super sprint. So I think the bike ride is probably only, like, six or seven miles. Gotcha. But I finished and I came in fourth in the race. And my friend was like, holy crap you're good at this. Like you should try and actually do a real triathlon. And, and so, so reset us here for a second. What's a, what's a sprint triathlon versus a real triathlon. And then what's that versus an Ironman? So a, a sprint triathlon is I think around a 500 yard swim, um, a 12 mile bike, and then a 5k. Um, then you have the Olympic, which is basically double that. Um, it's, a 0.75 mile swim, a 25 mile bike ride, and then a 10K. Um, then after that, you have the half Ironman, which is a mile and a half swim. Um, the swim, I never know the exact distance because sure. yeah, yeah. that's the easy part for right. me. Um, a 56 mile bike ride, and then a half marathon, and then a full Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim. A 112-mile bike ride, and then the full marathon at the end. Okay, so we're back at the Irish Jig, right? You you don't even want to do this race, but you finish this race, and then you go on to a half marathon. Mentally, how are you shifting gears to add those miles on? Like um, what, what are you doing in training and then what are you doing in this race to talk yourself through the fact that it's three times longer than what you just did? Right. I think... For me, it was just setting a goal, improving, not to just to myself, but there were so many people telling me, like, you're crazy. You are not a runner. You shouldn't be doing this. Like, it was a lot of the negative things that had come through in life of people saying, you can't do this, and you're not a runner, that I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I might not be running, like, six-mile, six-minute miles, but hey, I'm going to finish this race and let people know, like, if you do the training, you can finish it. And to be honest, the training really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, I actually at one point started liking running. Um, <laughs> but it just takes a really long time once you get into the longer runs. But Yeah, so what, like, what's the, so <laughs> we'll fast forward just a little bit because um, I want to spend a lot of time talking about San Francisco and because that seemed like yet another huge milestone that kind of shifted your mindset mm-hmm. as to what you're going to do with these things. So what's the, what's a training light for San Francisco? Cause one, you're not in San Francisco. So you've got right. to train in the very vanilla, very flat, very grand rapidian part of West Michigan to prepare for what are hills that give drivers heart attacks uh-huh. that you now have to bike after you have swam. And, and just for a, 
for some context as we get into this, one of the things about San Francisco and one of the reasons, if you haven't ever been to Alcatraz or read about Alcatraz, one of the reasons it was very hard to escape was not only because of the prison itself, but because San Francisco is churning with great white sharks because they stop there to eat all the seals before they go to Hawaii for the winter. So what, what is, what's the mental process you're going through to go to essentially a completely foreign race, a foreign map, a foreign thing that you're going to do? And prepare for it. You're not in the ocean. You have to train in a lake at best and pretend that it's... Salt water. Well, not only salt water, but <laughs> yeah. from from an oceanic perspective, there's a shelf there. There's temperature changes. There's a lot more things going on in in and around the Golden Gate Bridge that don't happen in a lake. Right. Um, well, I will say I do have an advantage being in Michigan because the lake never really gets super warm. So that was one thing that was very much emphasized on the race is be prepared for cold water. So So what, what gear are you wearing? Um, I had a full wetsuit and then they told us to get booties for our feet, which I purchased and swam with them twice and was like, this is not working out for me. So I was like, forget not it. Not working out because you didn't like how it felt or it just was slowing you down or what didn't you like about it? I just felt like I couldn't swim very strong in them. So I got rid of those. Um, they said to get little caps to go under your swim caps, but I was like, no, I don't want to do that either. Um, which once I got out there, I mean, the water, it was warmer than Lake Michigan. <laughs> so I was like, what are all these people freaking out about? But it's an international race. So you have people from France, you have people from Australia, you have, um, the, I, I did a training swim two days before the race, just to actually get out in the bay and see what it was like. And it was, it was actually really calm. Um, as far as the sharks went, I kind of didn't tell myself that there were <laughs> sharks in the water. I didn't want to be focused on that. There um, are sharks in the water. Just, so you know. Oh, Oh, I know. Okay. A lot of people, <laughs> including you, informed me of that just a few times. And I was like, I'm going to pretend like they're not there. Um, but yeah, swimming in the lake, I I did have the opportunity um, down in Alabama to swim with, um, swim in the ocean a little bit down there. So I know that helped a little, but it was basically pretty much the swim was just a lot of swimming out in Lake Michigan as opposed to like Ostrich Lake yeah, or yeah. like lakes that had zero current so when you got to do a training swim in san fran did you get to do the course or did you or did you have to just go out into the bay and swim around we had a head person leading us to swim outside where we were where the ending of the race was so it was just a short like half a mile out and back in um they did have an alcatraz swim that you could do, but I really wanted my first Alcatraz swim to be the race. race, So I didn't want to do that. They actually have swim clubs out there that swim Alcatraz multiple times throughout the year, which if I lived out there, I totally would be doing that. Yeah. It's it's interesting how that whole thing has become this crazy Mm -hmm. tourist thing. And and on that side where you can see pier, what is it? 23 or whatever it is. Um, you know, the the Mm -hmm. big tourist thing where everyone, you can see it off one side of Alcatraz when we were there, Last March, there were people that were in, I'm assuming, a swim club of some sort or escape convicts that never got off the... I don't know which one they were. But um, yeah, I mean, of course you would take advantage of that if you could. But what what happens in the transitions? Because I think that's the thing where people are like, I've run some 5Ks 
and I, I got a buddy who can swim. So maybe we'll do one of those triathlons where I don't have to do all of it. You know, I'm going to do the part that I can do and let somebody else do it, but you're not doing that. So what is, what's the, that transition like, especially, you know, he, at San Francisco. Yeah. Right? Um, normally during a race, I kind of just take everything, each discipline by itself. So when I get done swimming, it's kind of like, okay, I'm done with that. I need to focus on this bike ride. And I kind of block out the fact that I even swam and just kind of put it in my mind. All I'm doing today is bike riding because otherwise, as soon as I start thinking about, oh, I just swam all this and now I'm biking all this. By the time I get to the run, I'll just feel like I should be burnt out, but I want to keep going. And um, so I just kind of do each discipline on its own and focus on that and what I'm doing. And as far as the bike ride goes, I mean, that was definitely something that I will. I'll honestly say I was not prepared for. Um, I had never been out to San Francisco. I'd never been out west. So um, we did drive all the way out there too. That was, <laughs> that was an experience in itself. But um, So what made you, okay, so what made you pick this triathlon then? Um, it's like the bucket list of triathlons. Um, they only accept 2,000 people. Most people, I mean, I met people who had been trying to get into this race for eight, nine years um, people volunteer at the race just because they do a separate lottery for volunteers. So people will go and volunteer with hopes that they'll get into it the next year. So how did you get in? I have no idea. I basically said to my dad, I go, if I sign up to do this and I get in, do you want to go to San Francisco with me? He goes, what are the odds of you getting into this? I'm like, I don't know. The website says like one in 25% chance of getting into this race. He's like, go for it. And, um, they do two drawings actually. So the first round I didn't get picked and he was like, Oh, don't worry about it. Maybe next year. But then they wait a month, let people register. And then whatever slots are left, they do one more drawing to get the race full. And I, I got an email and I had woken up at four thirty to go train. And it was like, make sure you check the list. We're picking new drawing. I was like, this is weird. I didn't get one of these the last time. And my name was on it. And I called him at 4.30 in the morning. And he was like, we will talk about this. (laughs) I I need to go back to sleep. Um, But yeah, so I ended up getting in. And it's like, people say, if you pass up the opportunity and don't go, then you never have the chance to go again. And I mean, it's all knows myths and legends sure. of right, right, right. how you get in or once you get picked one year you get picked the next year which i will say i did get picked to do it again last year but i did not go <laughs> <laughs> i didn't go two years in a row or i should say i got picked to go this past this year, year again. and why didn't you want to do it a second time um the cost went up yeah it was just it was i mean i live in michigan just to ship a bike can cost eight nine hundred dollars if sure. you're flying out there so I, I had other things I wanted to do yeah. this summer. <laughs> so you were you were saying that like you weren't prepared for the bike. What was and so um, did the compartmentalization not really work at that point or? Well, so I had never biked in bike shoes, and finally last summer, about maybe two or three weeks before that race, I was like, okay, I need to get bike shoes. Have them for this race. I went out on Honey Creek, which is like the hilliest part of Grand Rapids, um, to do my normal like hill work. And I was like, okay, I got this. But, oh my goodness, the hills, like the first hill I hit, I was like, this is going to be the worst bike ride of my life. (laughs) And, 
again, I'm not a runner and I had never more in any race wanted to get off my bike. Like I even say that to this day, I was like, I was so happy I made it through, but I just, the hills in San Francisco are no joke. And yeah, they are. I mean, they're, if you've never been out there, I mean, they're literally at some point straight up and down. Yeah. So, and the race, I mean, nothing's like a straight road. Everything is like a circle or you're turning. So even if you're going downhill, you're not getting much speed because you're trying not to crash. Right. And so then you get to the bottom and you're going straight back up. So yeah, that was, I, I guess I was prepared in the fact that I was able to make it through that bike course without getting off my bike. So I at least had built up some sort of strength, but sure. I, if I would have known, I might have done a little more hill workout. Given um, given the amount of races, and we'll talk about them in a second, the amount of races that you've done this year, would you still say that that was probably the most mentally taxing? Um, this year when I did, I did the full iron aqua bike. So that's a full Ironman without the marathon at the end. Um, that bike course had... I mean, it downpoured rain twice. Um, So just mentally that messes with you. Or am I going to wipe out on my bike? I can't see. I'm sopping wet. Am I going to get a flat tire? And then there was also uh, about a mile and a half, two miles of chipped, that stony, paved road that they weren't supposed to put on before the race, but they did two days before the race. So you had to pass that four times in the race. So that just mentally, you're like, am I going to wipe out? Again, am I going to get a flat tire? Um, and it's a 112-mile bike ride. Right. So right. you go through. So how, how long was San Francisco? San Francisco was 18. 18, okay. So, so you tack on another 100? Yeah. For good measure? Yeah, okay. pretty much. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there were still hills up and down. It's out on Cannonsburg Road. So, and it's a double loop. So once I got through that first loop, I already was, like, mentally just, I've been through a rainstorm. I don't like this chipped road. Once you got way out in the country, the wind was blowing. I found out after the race, it was 20 miles an hour in your face. So you were just, it just was not a very pleasant day to be biking. So just mentally, I was like, I just, I can't stop because I just thought of how much I gave up throughout the entire summer to train for this one day. So that like just pushed me through, but mentally it was a struggle back and forth. I'm like, am I going to make it? Should I just quit? Do I keep going? So are you talking to yourself at this point? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Talking to myself. Yeah. What, wow. And, and I, I'm not asking that like, it's a crazy question. No. Like, you know, when you're in these high stress situations, like self-talk is a way that people kind of recenter themselves or, or turn off the fact that they're biking straight uphill or <laughs> into 30 mile an hour gale force winds or whatever. Yeah. And I think with San Francisco, because it was only 18 miles and there was just so many people everywhere, um, that race was almost easier mentally because there were other people on the course and you were always seeing someone. The one here, it was so spaced out. I mean, the course was a 56-mile loop. So the first loop wasn't awful because you still had the people who were doing an Olympic distance and a half Ironman distance doing that loop with you. But once you got on the second loop, you lost all those people and it was down to the people who were only doing the full Ironman or the full aqua bike. And it was just like half the time you're out there riding by yourself going, am I the last person on this course? Am I not making the time cut off? Am I just going to get pulled? And there's just so much going through your mind. Like, am I even going to make this? 
am I going to finish this? And so, when, you know, when you finish San Francisco, how did you decide what was next? Um, with that, it was at the beginning of the season. So I kind of already had a few. it was like June 7th, something like that? Yeah. yeah. It's, they do at the same time that the people might have escaped. Oh, really? Is that the... Yeah. Okay. I so, must have missed that part of the story. Yeah. Right. I guess it's early June. So they try and time it up close to that same point. But um, yeah, I already had my races planned for the rest of the year. But last season was really hard for me because I felt so burnt out after that race. Because um, I had trained so much for that. That after that race got done, it was like I was racing almost every single weekend. And by the time my season ended, I just, I was like, I need a break. So, so. when, when is your, what is your season right now? Because um, I mean, you know, as I'm looking, as I was telling you before we started, like I, I looked at your schedule this summer and it seemed like you've been racing a triathlon every week, not a 5k or a half marathon, right. like a triathlon every weekend. So... In the past, it hasn't been this crazy, but I knew this summer that with taking on Alcatraz last year, I felt like I could finally do the half Ironman distance, and I wanted to go through and do that, Um, but I also knew doing that, that was going to take up a lot more training than I've ever done because of the distance, Um, so kind of just mentally preparing myself for what I was going to go through come starting January 1st. Um, normally that's when I start my biking. I'll bike endurance once a week for two hours. I'll start running a little bit more inside or I'm not a huge fan of running in the winter. So, um, a lot of treadmill runs and then, um, swimming. Um, I'm on the master swim team here in East Grand Rapids. So that's pretty easy because I just show up to practice and I have a coach who (laughs) takes care of the rest of that. Right. Um, but do you not have a coach for the other two parts? No. You just kind of do that stuff I, yourself? I have um, a few really good tri friends. Um, I have a friend who's a really good runner, so he was kind of trying to coach me through and get me through my workouts, which I think if it wasn't for him, I don't know if I would have made it through the run because for me, I would put such high expectations on myself. Like, oh, I just ran that and it was only a 10, 10 and a half minute mile I should be at an eight minute mile if I want to finish this race. And he'd always be like, no, 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 you're fine. You'll make it through, but you need to train at this pace and not try and reach for this pace. So he really kind of put my goals in line and made me feel like I could do that. But, um, once I started training for that, it was Tuesdays and Thursdays. I had speed workouts for my running and the weekends would be my long runs, my long bikes. But in the mix of all this, I was also training to swim across the Mackinac Straits. So I was upping my swim workouts too. So it was kind of like, yeah. So what's a day, what's a day like in the winter for you versus a day like in, let's say April or May as you're like, right before you're going to start all of this stuff. Um, I mean, are you dur- up at like four? What time are you getting d- Yeah. Up? During, during the week, I'm normally up at four 30, depending on what I need to get done that day. If, um, and also having a second job, that's a lot of times in the evenings I have to do double yeah, workouts to, in the morning. I forgot to say that part that you <laughs> have a full-time job at, you know, the Spectrum Health Children's Hospital Foundation, but, and then you also have a secondary job that you do on top of that. Mm-hmm. 
and you have a fair amount of philanthropic work that you do. Like it feels like whenever you're not running, biking or swimming, that you're at some sort of function. Yes. Um, so how, like, where do you, where do you find the, like, what part of that is the balancing part? Um, I just make sure I get at least seven hours of sleep. I mean, if I, if I have all together, cause the math doesn't really work out a lot of times and like, or are you taking like naps in the middle of the day? No, it, <laughs> it does. I swear. Um, because the, the one job that goes into the evening sometimes just consists of sitting. So I feel like that's a good rest. I don't job. believe that counts as, a, as sleeping. I don't believe just because you're sitting does not mean you're getting rest. Yeah. Okay. So my schedule <laughs> normally um, would be I get up around 4.30 um, and either I start training between 5 and 5.30. It depends what's happening that day. And then normally I go to work and then when I get out of work, I train again for however long's needed. Um, the way my schedule was set up this year, I would do my long runs on Thursday nights. So that was kind of hard for me because I'd get out of work and then I'd be running for two hours, get home, be 8, 8.30, make something to eat, go to bed. And then I made Fridays my day off yeah. um, because I needed at least one day sure, to yeah, not be doing yeah, anything. Yeah. So um, that kind of was my schedule for a while. But normally, I mean, my weekends are pretty much just consumed with waking up between 5, 6 a.m. on the weekends, planning to train for three, four hours, and then go on with life. And so you, the, you sort of started to, to dip into these, these waters that I want to get into next, which is like, what are you eating? You know, because if, if you're on your Facebook page, you know, there's a fair amount of photos of kitchen tables, like the one we're sitting at right now, filled with powders and gels and you know, blender bottles and all of that stuff. So like you, I know you worked out this morning. I don't know. I don't know if you did cycling or you did boxing or whatever you did. I, I cycled this morning. Okay. So like, what did you eat today? Um, normally I, well, I actually, this season was the first year that I really like took my nutrition. Into yeah. No, it seemed like you've been of, super serious. Um, my longer races. I wanted to get through those and I really wanted to get away from using gel packs. So I, why for, so like for people who are, you know, cause why I wanted to talk to you and want to make sure I did this is because I, I want to remind people who have been listening for, you know, a half hour, right. That this started with a five K that you sucked shit at, <laughs> right. Like, and, and yeah. right. So this is, you know, when you kick open this door, this becomes kind of a thing that you get involved in. So, yeah. and I don't think it's, I don't think it's too atypical that the, the nutrition comes in not necessarily last, but when you get to a certain threshold, like when mm -hmm. you're going to bike 120 miles, it's, yeah. it's not cliff bars and a bottle of what, like there's a, right. there's a science that you've got to inject there. So yeah, you want to get away from gel packs because why? Well, this year I, so basically gel packs you take and they are supposed to give you extra carbohydrates in your body so that you have extra energy to keep going. That's the whole point of them. Sure. Um, However, they're made with a bunch of weird stuff. And well, they do come in a weird gelatinous pack yes. that looks very similar to, as I'm looking at my dishwasher, the thing that I clean my dishes with. Yeah, yeah, basically. Which so, I've eaten one; it doesn't give me any extra energy. It just makes it soapy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, oh, I was going to say, yeah. are you being serious? No. Yes. 
finished looked so delicious tonight. So, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> I hope you YouTube that one. I did not, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this year I was like, I, I really need to figure out what I'm going to do for my nutrition. I don't want to be eating like 15 of these gel packs on a bike ride. Um, and I started reading a lot more articles and a lot of them are just going back to like eat real food and started working with, um, one of my coaches at my gym, um, Christian, which I think you might've met him at. I've met him a couple times. One point or another. Um, and he actually, he's trained people to swim across the English channel. So I fully had confidence in like, you need to help me with this. Um, but I made it through my entire Ironman on just normal food, bananas, pretzels, and felt great. Um, but kind of this year I've really upped my nutrition in the protein that I've been eating. So it's a lot of meat and complex carbs. So sweet potatoes, vegetables, I mean, cottage cheese. Are you doing chicken and fish or is beef part of this or what is? Um, yeah, it's, um, it's mainly just like grass fed beef. If I do that or pork, um, turkey, um, really like the leaner yeah. meats. Um, I'm not a fish eater, but I mean, that that's on his menu. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Figured it would be. Um, so yeah, just, I really, really, on my protein in the past, I was pretty much eating like I was a vegetarian. Um, just because I thought it was healthier for me right. to be eating just vegetables. Um, which come to find out that that's why I was tired half the time and exhausted and probably why last season I had gotten so burnt out because I just wasn't eating well. So, um, yeah, once I figured that out, I mean, just what I had for breakfast versus what I was eating a banana and a gel pack before I'd get in the water to swim. Now I have like three eggs, peanut butter and, um, like some sort of strawberries or blueberries or something like completely different. And I can make it almost halfway through my bike before I feel like I need any nutrition because I'm actually fueling myself. And it's not just that one day. It's like, I've been doing this for a few months now. How many meals are you eating a day? Like how many times are you eating? And Um, and is this consistent throughout the year or does it change based um, on training? It's normally I start really focusing on my meal planning in January. When I start training, I normally give myself November and December off holidays, holidays, you know? Um, and so I normally, I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then I normally have a snack in the morning before lunch, and then I have two snacks in the afternoon because I normally end up going and training later, and then I'll have dinner after I train, and then if I still feel like I need something, I'll throw in an extra snack in the evening, Um, but yeah, it really depends on what I've done for the day. I mean, some of my workouts, I can be burning up to 3,000, 3,500 calories, and it's like... yeah. Some some of those times I just don't feel like eating and I'm like, I need to eat something. Otherwise, my body is just not going to be able to recover and be able to do it again tomorrow. Right. So. right. so let's get back to you know talking about your inner circle because I know that that's super important to you. How instrumental have you know both your family and your friends that are in this inner circle been to you? on this four year journey to, you know, because between the, the mighty max swim that you just finished on Monday and then prior to that, the two thirds Ironman or what you ever, you called the aqua bike mm-hmm. Ironman. Um, what percentage of you getting through that is 
dependent on that support system? I mean, having my family support what I'm doing from the start, I probably wouldn't have kept going. Um, even though I say like my dad was like, Hey, hold on. Right. He never told me don't do that ever in your life. He was just kind of like, work your way up. Maybe a 10 K in there would be a good idea. Um, but I mean, my family's right there behind me. They would, they would tell me if like, Hey, this is, this is not safe. Um, but they've never had doubts. They're like, I know you can do this. Um, before my, Ironman aqua bike I freaked out like three days beforehand and my dad was just like why why are you freaking out like what are you worried about you've done all this training there's no doubt in my mind you're gonna finish this race and without them I I know I would have just been like whatever I'll stop doing this but um I know I know especially my dad is at every single one of my races like he does not miss it and he gets all my race shirts because I really don't ever wear my race shirts right. so I get them for him to wear and um it's nice to know that him and my mom both are really proud of me and it was kind of funny because after the Mackinac swim they're like hey I think you did something your brother can never do <laughs> <laughs> I was like finally <laughs> so um to have have them be supportive and um my younger brother I don't I don't see a ton but for him to just be like hey this is kind of cool I can say my sister did this. So, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. And then my, my sister, I mean, she's done triathlons with me. She's beat me multiple times doing them. Um, but, yeah, to have her there um, for my half Ironman this year, she brought my nephew, and he had a little shirt that said, Aunt Emers is my iron woman. And he didn't know what he was doing, but he sat there for six hours while I raced all day until I got done. And then give me a hug and left. So, and Graham's is always there too. Um, but I will say as far as it comes to my friends outside of my family in the past four years, um, they've changed a lot. Um, I still have, I, I think it's really finally made me realize who my really good friends are because they're the ones who are like, uh, I know you're training. I know you won't be able to hang out, but you know what? Let's, let's do like a girl's night and I'll come over and hang out with you. And I know you can't drink. So what can I bring over that we're allowed to eat? Sure. And, yeah. Um, but I've had friends say to me, well, I just don't invite you out anymore because you don't drink with us. And it's like, okay. Um, but I mean, I, I love doing this and it's turned into a part of my life. Um, I've met a lot of other triathlete friends, um, who might not live here in the state, but I mean, they check in with me every single day. How was training in the morning? What are you doing this afternoon? Are you feeling okay? Why do you have a headache? What's going on? And I mean, they're probably some of the most supportive people that I've ever had in my life that are checking in on me all the time. So it's kind of broken down my friends a lot, um, to know who really truly supports what I'm doing and who's there and who's okay with me not seeing them for three months out of the entire year because I'm in like this zone of training and I'm like, you guys can bike with me. Nope. Nope. We'll (laughs) we'll see you when you're done. Right. But we'll, we'll be there cheering on, cheering you on. So, so what's next? What's next? I mean, we're coming to the end. I mean, my guess is, and I, we have not talked prior to this about this, but my guess is you're doing part of the Grand Rapids Marathon. Would that be a fair guess? Or are you not doing any of that? No. Okay. So are you done? Um, Are we done at this point for the year? No. Okay. Why? Um, yeah. okay. 
How silly of me. Where do you think I'm going? Where you going to? Oh, is I didn't even know that is Disney in the fall. I didn't know when that one was. I am is. going to Disney World. Okay. Um, for the wine and dine, um, Lumiere challenge. So what? It, it, it that's different than the half marathon that you did um, four years ago. Yes, the one I did four years ago was the princess. So Disney has like turned into this whole run Disney thing. <laughs> There's multiple Disney races. Um. And the one that I'm going to do this year, I actually have never done before. I've done quite a few of the Disney races. Um, The Lumiere Challenge is a 10K on Saturday and then a half marathon on Sunday, which I've done that for the Princess. um, They call it the Glass Slipper Challenge. So me and my friends signed up to do that this year. And then after you finish the half marathon, you get to go to the Food and Wine Festival for an all-night party. That's cool. So how long are you going to stay after that then? Because my guess is you don't leave Sunday night. No. Um, I think I'm actually staying at Disney like three days after this time. A lot of times it's been like one day and then I come home, but I was like, I'm taking a vacation. Sure. So, and then will that be the end of your season? Um, yeah, that's, that's November. So probably, I mean, I, I try and sign up for some of the trail runs around here because they're really fun. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have on and I have no idea what to do next year yet. I've looked into a couple races, swimming around Key West or, um, yeah, around the entire island. Um, awesome. Uh, thought about swimming across Lake Michigan, but some of that still needs to be put into a perspective of how to do that safely. So, yeah, what would that, what would that, and how do you even go about that? I, I have no idea. I've read people who have tried to hop on a paddleboard and drag it behind them and swim across, um, I would prefer to have some sort of boat guiding me. (laughs) So I don't know. I think I might need to sit down with Jim and talk a little bit more about these crazy, (laughs) crazy swims. Well, um, if you could give, if you could like, if you were running the clock for years, right. And give yourself a piece of advice that would have got you started sooner. What would that have been? I don't know. I don't know if I would have wanted to start sooner. Um, I think when I started, it was just kind of, um, it was like when I moved back to Grand Rapids, I lived, I had lived in Orlando for a year. And so I, and that year was the year right after I had graduated college, um, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I think that's the year where you really start to focus on what you do want to do. Right. And you realize like, I can do what I want to do. I don't need to do what my parents want me to do, what all my friends are doing. Um, I don't need to do what society necessarily is saying, go get married, go get a job, go do this. And, um, I just kind of fell into it. I think at the right time in my life, I don't know if, if I was doing it sooner. I mean, I think I would have missed out on a lot of what I got to do beforehand. So, (laughs) well, um, thank you for spending some time with us. Talking about your crazy race life. Um, And uh, I would love to check back in with you a year from now and see kind of how next year goes and what crazy thing (laughs) you're going to do if you're going to do the... Because I'm really interested in the Lake Michigan thing. It'd be interesting to see how you even go about... Because my understanding is like when you read about those people, it always feels like it's a stunt of some sort. You know, like it's tied to something that seems stunt-like. So it would be interesting how a normal person would be like, I want to do this thing. How do you do this? 
You know, do I, do I hide behind the ferry on my way to, you know, like, (laughs) what does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, the few people I've reached out to about it, they're like, I'm not taking a boat across Lake Michigan. Are you crazy? And I'm like, (laughs) guys, I want to, I want to swim. Right. I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the harder part. You get to be in the boat. (laughs) Just, just take the boat. So, but yeah. So if people want to like, if they want to follow you, what, what's the best way to do it? Um, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Facebook. I, would, I would say Instagram probably. I try to update with photos of my workouts, what I'm doing on there. Um, Facebook, they can add me. I update it a lot. I mean, that's how a lot of my friends stay in touch with me. And they're like, what are you going to do next? I think that's been the million dollar question all week <laughs> long. You just swim across the streets. What are you going to do? You're literally going to Disney World. I I am. Literally. I literally am going to Disney World, (laughs) and I cannot wait.